Spurs foul. Should Miami go for the three right away? Just attack the basket. James catches, puts up the three. Won't go. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History final. Welcome to the Ultimate Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Boom shakalaka! Hey listeners, hello and welcome to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast NBA. We're here today to talk you through when to draft injured or suspended players in your NBA fantasy draft. Uh, The show is brought to you by The Standard Squeeze, helping you drink responsibly and conveniently. I'm the NBA Matrix, and I'm here today with Mick Bell. Del, Mick, how are you, mate? Mick Bell Bell. is going well. Thanks, mate. How how exciting. Have a look at the the rebranding of the, the brand, mate. It looks sweet as uh, the G Wiz has done a fantastic job of that. And again, a shout out to the Standard Squeeze, fantastic product. I've got mine here. Rip a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, helping you drink responsibly. So, um, yeah, I suppose it's got a little reservoir in the top. Mine are always empty because I'm always drinking. Uh, but got a little reservoir in the top. You give it a squeeze, it tops it up. And uh, yeah, you can fill up whatever you need. Um, yeah, so you know exactly how much you've drunk. Um, gee, I'm excited to get into some NBA today, mate. Yeah, I love it. Like it's what it's been three, four months since the NBA finals finished or not even that long actually. And I'm craving for it to start again. Summer league was good to watch. Uh, we got to see some nice rookies who, uh, will come up in podcasts later down the track closer to draft day. But today we're talking about suspended or injured players that have come back. Who have you got in mind? Um, yeah. Yeah. I suppose to start, we're just going to set a bit of a platform with some of the players that were injured and or suspended to start the season last year and some of the variations in like the decisions you made during your draft. Um, the two that stand out for me are Chris Middleton and Jaron Jackson Jr. Obviously at very opposite ends of the spectrum. And I think the biggest thing that you can take out of this is one was taken in and around that 50, 55 mark and one was mm-hmm. taken in and around that 106 to 130 was the consensus between Yahoo and ESPN leagues. Um, Did you have any of these guys last year? No, I didn't, no. But when we're talking about injured players, which will come up later on in the podcast, I drafted luckily, I guess you could say. And uh, I had Jamal Murray, who was coming back from an ACL, started slow, didn't trade him off, held on to him, and he come good towards the back end of the year. But also Laurie Markkinen. He was on on the back burner with the Cavs, didn't do much, got traded to Utah Jazz, became their sole or their focus of their offense, and uh, he really took off. So, yeah, when, when you're talking yeah. about Middleton, um, he's just old, isn't he? Yeah, look, he's an older bloke, and I suppose the what we can pencil this down was when we were doing drafts, apparently it was only supposed to go a couple weeks into the season. Um, so everybody drafted him in and around that 55 across all formats. Mm-hmm. Um, he ended up missing 50 games last year. That's nearly a whole fantasy season. Yeah. So I like in saying that straight up in, 
in 12 team leagues, I'd be very surprised if too many, and hop in the comments if you did, but I would be extremely surprised if anyone who drafted Middleton in a competitive comp went on to win it. Um, just using that sort of fourth, fifth pick on on Chris Middleton, even if you thought that you were getting him at a steal at 65, and heck, if he was sitting there, I would have taken him. Um, but yeah, it you did get unlucky. But I suppose what we can look at, like you can't predict how injured people are going to be. But much, I suppose the segue is like, you took Jamal Murray and it would have been in and around that point. You took Laurie Markkinen in and around that point. So I suppose we can have a look at at some of the guys that that play his position. Like maybe you just needed a fill of a shooting guard small forward. We'll have a look at some of the guys that played his position and and see how it panned out. Um, I suppose the first comparison we should lead into is Jamal Murray. He had an ADP of 68. Um, and, um, yeah, let us, let us know what, what you think of him. Yeah, he, he was fantastic at the back end of the year. So he started off really slow coming back from an ACL. They really did manage his minutes. And it, it was hard for me to hold on to him. Like I was in talks with people to potentially trade him off. Uh, but held on to him. And towards the back end of the year, when his usage started going up, he started hitting a lot more three-pointers. His assist rate went up. And he became a really core part of my team. And in the two leagues, I had him in both leagues that I was in. And in the 12-team league I was in, I finished second. And the, what was it, 20 team league finished third so and he was in both of my teams for that yeah and that was probably a big attributing factor like when you're in and around the 60s and you're selecting somebody mm. that played 30 games or selecting somebody that is i suppose going to play 65 games shoot 45 percent uh nearly 40 percent from three uh shoot good free throws get the odd rebound get six assists and um score 20 points a game you're pretty happy mm-hmm. but yeah it did take some patience there uh, because I see that it took 10 or 15 games for him to sort of ramp up to anything north of 30 minutes a game. That's right. And when you're talking fantasy, that's four weeks with some team schedules. Yeah, and I suppose what can we learn from from your situation there is maybe if you were the guys that were in talks with blokes like Mick, like you were probably ready to give up on him because he was sort of playing, you know, he I think he rolled out the start of the season and played that 25, game, uh, 25 minutes, scored 13 points, and you've just sort of starting to get closer to the panic button. So mm-hmm. if you can see people starting to enter the panic button, he was coming back from an ACL. He missed the whole year. Um it was probably expected that he slowly ramped up. And um, I suppose we should expect that when when you draft a bloke like that. And I suppose following podcasts like this, uh, we're going to do the research for you and work out, I suppose, the re-aggravation uh, percentages, uh, whether they're high risk of doing it again or whether, you know, they're going to have to go into some loan management to start. That's right. Um. Another bloke in and around that 50, just above, was Desmond Bain. Um, it was a bit of an upside pick, and it sort of paid off. He was a bloke that people picked up on waivers the year before. Um, mm. I know personally, I picked him up off waivers, even in some deep comps, like uh, like uh, 20 team leagues that go 200 players deep. I got him off waivers and, um, yeah, ended up finishing up the comp uh, winning with somebody like Desmond Bain. Uh, last year, he was the 36th best player in the in the comp. Um, shoots 40% from three. There's really no downfalls to his game, except, you know, maybe he's a shooting guard and you're not expecting to get any blocks. Um, looking at him, 
being that ADP in and around 50. And, of course, we're comparing him to Chris Middleton at the moment, who played 24 minutes a game, uh, shot uh, 40%, 30% from three and scored 15 points. Obviously, we're bringing him up because he's, I suppose, a better player and a better option now. Uh, but Definitely. Do you, have you had a bit of a thought about like where you might draft Desmond Bain next year? Yeah, I, I think that that ADP, if it is around 50, is a bit high. Jar Morant's out for the 25 games, which in fantasy world, the equivalent to potentially eight weeks. You've got Marcus Smart that's coming in who will play the point guard who's not as good with ball in hand as what Jar is. Does this mean Desmond Bain's going to get a lot more picks set for him? a lot more scoring opportunities? Is he going to get more game time? Like I see his uh, his shooting percentages potentially rising. They're going to get try and get him good looks. He's going to get more opportunity to shoot the ball. Who else have they got that is a flat-out three-point flame shooter, apart from maybe Luke Kennard off the bench? Yeah, they've got a few guys off the bench, but they won't be out on the floor the whole time. Yeah. Um, I suppose if they're paying Desmond a lot of attention, then maybe those other guys will will be open a lot. I've got him in the, I've got him twenty eight to thirty yep. on my big board. Um, which do I have a bit of Grizzlies flavor to it? There's a there's a chance. Um, I do love him, and I just watch what he does. Uh, I watched what he did last year, and I just I was disappointed I didn't own him. If he's Getting paid 200 mil for five years, they're going to want the ball in his hands too and want him to succeed, aren't they? So, yeah, I think early on, I think his production far exceeds where his ADP will be. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Um, another guy, you know, that we're comparing to Middleton in that sort of positional role um, is Tyrese Maxey. I got drafted in around 57. Uh, he plays a lot of minutes, uh, just is out on the floor all the time. And being young, yeah. he seems to be able to handle it. Played 60 games last year. And while he doesn't exactly stuff the, uh, stuff the stat sheet when you look at his rebounds and assists, um, mm. for the amount of volume this guy shoots, um, 43% from three, 48% yeah. field goal percentage, getting 20 points a game and nearly a steal, um, like would have been a lot better option than Chris Middleton. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I, again, I see this guy's production increasing again this year. I don't think Harden's going to be there. So Embiid's not going to be the primary ball handler, is he? It's going to be in his hands. It's going yeah. the offense is going to flow through Maxi. So yeah, I, I anticipate his assist numbers will go up, his points per game will go up. That may mean a drop in percentages, but across the board, I, I anticipate he's going to be a better player than what he was last year. Also with three and a half assists, like you'd like to think that as he grows as a player, uh, he could sort of get that up uh, to in and around that five. Mm-hmm. Um, we mentioned these three guys as comparisons to Chris Middleton and what I can sort of rule it down to, whether they were injured coming in uh, like Jamal Murray or whether they were, um, I suppose Des Bain was sort of an unknown guy going into the previous season. So people were worried that he was going to be a flash in a pan. I think what all these three guys have over Chris Middleton is age. For sure. Um, yep, they're all, yeah, so they're they're, all in the 20s, aren't they? Yeah, they've, they've all got the legs. Uh, they're all ready to be out there playing. Um, all sort of in, I suppose, the hunt uh, for 
you know, a top four finish in their conference. So they're going to be playing a lot of basketball. Um, we didn't see them get rested or anything like that. Um, yeah, so I suppose what we can learn is that if you're going to take a punt on one of these players, make sure you get them late. Uh, 55 probably wasn't that late because if he was healthy last year, what would he have been like maybe in and around that 45 mix? Yeah, yeah, I reckon so. Yep. Yeah, so like you've only got him at a 10-spot discount and he's ended up playing like a third of the year. So, mm-hmm. But it's not he'll all doom th- and gloom. No, he'll be 32 years of age before the season starts. Yeah, and as a 32-year-old, I hate that I'm talking about him as if he's old. Yeah, I guess that's the way today's NBA is going, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he's got longer mm. legs than me. There's more more of him to injure. Um, that's right. It's not all doom and gloom because we do have blokes like Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, who, according to Hashtag Basketball, was the 13th best fantasy player last year. He was drafted 106 in Yahoo leagues and 130 in ESPN leagues. Um I suppose what Memphis was saying during the year was that he could be in and around that late November, December. They weren't mm-hmm. very clear with their responses. And this punt has really paid off for, for owners last year. Um, did you have a think about taking Jaron Jackson Jr. or were you just staying away from these uh, oh, these injured yeah. players that you thought might not play? Yeah, because I'd already taken a fly on Jamal Murray, I didn't want two of those sorts of players on my roster. So I had a thought about it and I thought Triple J was going to stay out a lot longer than what he was, just given that uncertainty around the news that was coming out and the injury reports and what have you. But fuck me, he was unbelievable, wasn't he? His blocks, his steer, like his defensive side's elite. He was scoring the ball, he was rebounding. He, he's elite when it comes to fantasy basketball. Yeah, and I'm excited as a Grizzlies fan. Like, first mm. and foremost, I have a Jaron Jackson Jr. jersey. And I just love I could talk about this guy all day. But, like, a guy that gets three blocks a game, hits threes, scores 18 yep. points a night, still manages to get in the rebounds. Like, we're not talking about a Brook Lopez situation where he's no. out there on the fast break or out here uh, hitting threes from the logo uh, and missing every rebound. He still gets those rebounds. He still gets those blocks, gets the steals, does have some foul trouble. But at that sort of range, like, I expect him to be – probably taken in the top 35 again this year? Yeah, I think so as well. If not the top 25 for me. I yep. think another year older, another year wiser, mature. Um, I, I, I can see those numbers sticking for the duration of the year, understanding his body a little bit more, understanding the NBA flow. He he could be a, a top, you know, first, second round pick. He could be a first, second round pick if he could stay out of foul trouble. Mm. Um. I just want to reiterate some of the guys that we're taking around Jared Jackson Jr. And we don't need to do a deep dive into this, but guys drafted around this spot, Jalen Suggs was drafted above him. Mo Bumba was drafted just behind him. James Wiseman and Jalen Smith. Not exactly household names, uh, but I suppose it just goes to show if you're in and around there at the 110 and you're taking some of these low upside guys in Jalen Suggs, mm-hmm. Mo Bumba, Wiseman, Jalen Smith, Maybe you could just have a punt and hope that a guy's back early. Um, you Most leagues have an IR spot. You would have just been able to slot Jaron Jackson Jr. in the IR spot yeah, yeah, yeah. and still been completely fine. Yeah, that's right. Great call with that one. Yeah, and, like, speaking about IR spots, like, you know, getting Chris Middleton in that sort of fifth round and putting him in your IR spot 
hurts a lot more because of the the talent that you're taking around him. But in and around that 120, it's completely fine. Like, what that's are you missing fine. out on, Jalen Smith? Great. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. But there's two guys that I want to talk about, and that my understanding is in ESPN and Yahoo. Unless you have that weird IL spot in Yahoo, uh, you won't be able to put them in IR. And that's Jarmorant and Miles Bridges because they are suspended and not injured. It's injury reserve, not uh, you've been flashing your gun on Instagram reserve. Yep. Yep. Um, Miles Bridges. Yeah, really good one. I like that you brought him up, Matty. So during the. Just because you told me to. (laughs) Give yourself a rap man. Yeah. So the 2021 2022 season, his rank was as high as 31. So he was he played 80 games that season, averaged 20 points, seven boards, almost four assists, almost one steal, and almost one block at 49% field goal percentage and a usage rate of nearly 23. You've got to remember, the only other person that's really going to take the ball off him is LaMelo. I think if he shows some form in the preseason, he's still got you got to remember he's still got 10 games to serve. So he served his 20, he's got 10 games left. So effectively that's into your week 3 of your uh NBA fantasy season. If you can manage to hold him for those weeks and pick him what's he going to be? Maybe in your 50s to 60s this year given that he's had a year off. I'll be taking him. Mate, I hope I'm not in too many comps with you. Because I think that people that don't listen to regular podcasts and everything, I think he could be still there, eighty to hundred. Wow, that, I do. Be, I don't think value. if you go look at the ESPN board, they've got him deep down. Like, um, mm-hmm. and I don't know. It might be like those people that go and buy shares, and then they tell their financial advisor that they only want to buy in ethical products. I play mm-hmm. NBA fantasy to win. And, um, yeah, whether he's a shit bloke or not doesn't really affect me. I'll uh, I'll cop the 10 games. Uh, it might be three weeks. I don't think drafting him as late as I plan on drafting him is going to affect that. And if he gets taken at 60, I'm probably okay to take a Jamal Murray over Miles Bridges, or I'm probably okay to take mm. blokes like that. But if they slide to the 80s, I'm going to be snavelling him up because I think that this is a guy that can win you your comps. Yeah, for sure. You tell me who else is going to be using the ball at Charlotte apart from LaMelo. Brandon Miller. Um, Mm. Look, I just – my only concern is, like, do they freeze him out? Do they not play him as much? Do they ease him into it or something along those lines? But if I'm taking him 80 to 100 in those sort of rounds, I've drafted people in 80 and 100 and dropped them two weeks later before. I'll do it again. Gotcha. Who else you got? Oh, Ja Morant. Um, average draft position of 13 last year. Won't be up mm-hmm. there again this year. Played 61 games. Uh, some of that was from being suspended again. Uh, the guy just can't keep himself out of trouble. Um, look, the guy's a genuine gun. What do you think? Haha, <laughs> gun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> he's, he's a fantastic basketball player, but I'm not too sure about the quality of people he hangs out with. So... When you're talking about the suspension, how how many games is it that he's out for, Matty? 25 games. 25 games. So when you're talking three games a week, that's eight weeks into your ninth week, potentially, of a NBA fantasy season. That's <coughs> half a season. 
are you going to be willing to to spend a top, you know, first, second round pick on someone that's missing half the season? I'm not. Um, and then I start to think about at what point do you take him? Like, um, look, like a lot of people are just going to look at him and think he's out for just under a third of the season, uh, which I suppose worries me and doesn't. I think if he gets taken at 25, then there's a bloke that I want that slides. Um, but what round would you consider him? Fourth. I still think I, that's I, a little I, too early. Yeah. I, I I need, like, obviously in, in your leagues to win them. I'm not about to blow my first three picks on someone that's not going to play half a season. So... Yeah. Yeah, at the absolute earliest, it'll be fourth round for me. So I'm more okay with blowing that pick on um, someone that I can at least slot into IR and just pick someone off waivers and actually get a fill. I think he's just going to be holding a dead spot. So I think if you take him in the fourth round, you need to be considering that maybe you're going to lose the first six of your eight matchups. And you've got to be really confident in your ability um, to crawl yourself back from that. I'm worried that realistically, if you draft him too high, you won't be playing playoffs in fantasy basketball. But for devil's advocate, if I was to take him, Mm. um, because I'm not worried about him coming back injured or anything. I I think when he comes back, he's going to be good to go. He's got the keys to the city in Memphis. Marcus Smart's going to go over to the two. Desmond Bain's going to go over to the three. And um, yeah, he's just going to absolutely explode as a basketball player. You know, he's he's the poster boy. I would reach and take Marcus Smart early. Um, I've probably got him in and around that 90. I would take him in and around that 80 if I have Ja Morant because then you're actually taking the bump. You're taking the extra points that Marcus yep. Smart's going to get while Ja Morant's out. Mm-hmm. And then when Ja Morant, Morant comes in, like Marcus Smart is still your best defender. He's still going to be out there on the floor. He's a hybrid combo guard anyway. Um, what what do you think of that? Yeah, I love that. I love that. We were, we were speaking earlier, and I've, I've spoken the last couple of weeks to a few lads about Marcus Smart, and I think he's really undervalued at the moment, given that when Jar's not there, he'll probably be the primary ball handler as well. When Jar comes back, he's still going to be at the two defending the other team's best player, more than likely. He's good for steals. He's good defensively. He's a he's a bit of a streaky shooter, but he, he's going to give you what you want. So I, I think if you can get him at 90s, you're doing really well. Yeah, 100%. So I'm more thinking of taking Jarmoran in and around the sixth round. I don't think that he will be there, which I'm okay with because I'm not willing to waste a fourth-round pick on somebody. When some of the guys that I've got in and around there, I think has the potential to be not quite as good as Ja Morant, but I'm going to get eight weeks of them. I'm hoping that whoever takes Ja Morant, I'm not going to see in the finals anyway. That's a good call. Uh, Somebody, and I suppose Zion Williamson is always going to be compared to Ja Morant, just the way that he was drafted just before him, just the way that Mm -hmm. everybody sees him as this generational talent that I suppose just hasn't lived up to expectations. Last year he came into the season injured and we didn't have too many answers about where he was 
and he was drafted 29 on ESPN oh. and 30 average, 29 and 36 on Yahoo. Was this just people expecting him to come back earlier, hoping him to come back earlier? If he's fully healthy, I can see him as a top 15 guy. I can see him as a top 10 guy. But that uncertainty of him not playing to start the year wards me off straight away. Yep. Yep. The fact that the man has a weight problem, he's come out and said that he has his own eating problems and his own challenges with that. With with his explosive nature, he needs to be as fit as he can be in order to be the best player he can be. He'll, yep. he'll blow out a knee. Like he, he's going to hurt himself. And we've seen over the first, what, three years of his professional career, what's the most amount of games he's played in a year? 30? Like it's been sweet FA. So until I can see a, a really good string of games played by him, I will never pick him. So I will, but it's in and around, like people were drafting him in and around 30 last year. Like if I see him there at 35, and of course this is going to depend as to where my picks are, but this is going to be how my big board's set up. I'm going to take the best available player um, mm-hmm. and and sort my shit out later. If he's there at 32, I still take him um, because I just think there's not too many guys that you take in and around that 32 that can be a top 10 guy. And Mm -hmm. that's where I'm willing to take the risk. I'm not going to take a, like if you take him at 14th, if you take him at 18th, if you take him at 29th, already injured, you've already taken out all the puff. Like I want to get some value there. Um, But I hope a lot of people, like, and I'm going to be in some leagues with you, man. Um, mm-hmm. I really hope a lot of people undervalue Zion because I see him much like I see Miles Bridges as a bloke that can win you your comp if you can get him at the right time. At the right price. Yep. Yep. Um, mate, lead me into big Benny Simmons. I know you took him last year. I was in the comp with you. He was oh. drafted 66 on ESPN and Yahoo combined. Mate, what do you, what do you think of the big Oz? He fucking killed me. That's what he did. Uh, I I thought, you know what, he's had the year off with his mental health issues. He's gone to a place where he'll feel comfortable playing basketball again. He'll get back to that, you know, 13 points a game, eight rebounds, eight assists, some steals, some blocks, good field goal percentage. I'm punting free throws. He's not going to shoot any threes, so I'm not losing anything there. I, th- I thought he'd come good, but... He, he shit the bed. That's what he did. And I ended up trading him off. He was just, he was no good for me. I hope that he comes back sound of mind and plays some good basketball again there. They've got some good pieces there at Brooklyn and I've got another Brooklyn player that we'll bring up after Ben Simmons, but we, we need to see him in the preseason. We need to see him playing basketball again before I'm looking at picking him because right now, regardless, I'm not picking him at all any of the 12 rounds. So... At about 120, that's when I start thinking that these guys are just throwing a dart at the dartboard and you hope something sticks. Mm-hmm. I usually wouldn't be okay uh, drafting somebody that just averaged six points a game and played half the year. Like, yeah. put that into perspective. Uh, but I still think in our comps, just because of the big name that he is, just because, you know, if you check our Australian twang on our accents, um, you know what, we're playing in leagues with Australians and they are going to be taking him because every second person has a Philly jersey in their uh, in their cupboards over here in Australia, whether it's from Bali or not. And um, 
Yeah, look, realistically, uh, people are going to be taking him in and around that 80 or 90, and I'm just going to be warding off. I'm just going to have the biggest grin on my face Mm -hmm. as soon as somebody takes him um, because I just think that shit stinks there. Yep, it does. I won't be touching him with your willy, mate. Let's move (laughs) on. Uh, There is – can we talk about a teammate of his? Cam Johnson. Let's do it. Oh, He's only 27 still. It feels like he's been in the NBA for a long time. But when you're talking about last year when he went to Brooklyn, he had an overall rank of 54, the 54th best while he was playing uh, when we're talking about statistics for the league. So he averaged nearly 16 points, 2.5 threes per game, 4.5 rebounds, two assists, 1.3 steals and 0.4 blocks, 47% field goal percentage. There's some really nice numbers coming in. He was underdone. You got to remember he played five game, five six games at Phoenix. He was hurt for an extended amount of time. Came back for, I think it was like a week, and then he got traded to Brooklyn, and then went bang with uh, Michael Bridges there or Mikael Bridges. Those two formed a really nice tandem there, and I feel this year I'm not sure what his ADP was last year, but I see there's some real value there in Cam Johnson this year. His ADP was in and around 130, and I wonder if people that don't listen to our podcast, look, if you don't listen to our podcast then you've started to and you're starting to listen to NBA podcasts, I think they'll be talking about Cam Johnson. But I think if you can get him in and around that 120, 130, that's exactly the sort of dart throw that you want. Somebody that's Mm. been there, somebody that's shown that he could play good basketball and, um, yeah, just a season hampered by injury. So let me put it to you then, Matty. If you've got Cam Johnson and Ben Simmons on the board and it's your pick, late rounds, who are you picking? <coughs> Cam Johnson. 100%. Yeah, I, I think I would. And I think Ben Simmons is going to be off the board by the time I take Cam Johnson. I took him last year. Yeah, nice. Did you hold him all year? Uh, no, I ended up having to drop him to IR after he got of a course. little bit too injured. Uh, didn't have the space to get him back in or wasn't quick enough. Um, we're in some pretty cluey comps. So, um, yeah, lead us into yeah, your sure. next guy, man. Uh, Grant Williams at Dallas. So, for, for me, I picked him up and then dropped him to waivers and picked him up at uh, other times throughout the year just as a fuel guy. But I feel like he's, there's some real value in him being at Dallas now as a, a 3 and D guy to an extent. 24 years of age, he shoots the, the corner three really well. Uh, eight rebounds last year, 1.5 threes a game with two isolation players in Tatum and Brown. So I feel with Doncic, who's more of a distributor, he's going to get more looks from the corner as defences collapse on him. Uh, 1.7, so nearly two assists a game, half a steal, half a block a game. His overall field goal percentage was uh, yeah, nearly 500 here. So not too bad with free throws of 78. So... yeah. Not, not too bad. When, when you're talking about a guy that can come in and make an instant impact with the Dallas team, it, he's probably just going to take over Dorian Finney-Smith's role there. Straight into the corner, shoot the three, play some D. He's a bigger body, so he's going to get more rebounds there. He's playing with more team-orientated players where he's going to get more shots from the corner. I, I like this pick this year. Yeah. yeah, and you're talking deep. Like, you're talking with, like, your last pick, right? Yep. Yeah, not too early. Yeah. I'm 110 would be, yeah, about the earliest I'd look at him. But I feel like 
Like last year, he ended up 136, I think it was. I think he's definitely higher than that this year. Yeah, cool. Like, I only get more concerned. Like, I'm not concerned about Tim Hardaway taking away his minutes. I think that he will take the Maxi Kleber role, I suppose, from power forward Mm -hmm. and still be a guy. I suppose it's just the development of guys like Josh Green and, um, yeah, that could sort of take those minutes. But I think he still slops into the power forward role even when Josh Green comes in. I think he can sort of play starting power forward, backup small forward as that sort of hybrid role. And, yep. um, yeah, create, I suppose, a bit more of a household name for himself. For sure. Sorry, I was looking at uh, Cam Johnson's end rank last year. His rank was 228 at the end of the year. So he's not going to be on anyone's board, but take a late flyer on him. I, I really Yeah, like all that. I was thinking, yeah, that's what I was sort of in. in. Like, we're talking about that dart throw at, at pick 140. Um, yeah. I, I actually really don't like it. And you know what? If it looks like at 140, if it looks like he's not going to play the role that we'd hoped, the role that we're going to be amping up in the uh, in the preseason, then you just pick up another guy of waivers, don't you? You do. That's right. Um, do you have anyone else that you want to talk about, Mick? No, I, I like the, the players that we've covered there. So Grant Williams, he's coming back from a hand injury, but it is anticipated that he'd be right for – uh, preseason games and leading into uh, the start of the NBA season, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm um, keen to do some mock drafts. Yeah, I'm super keen to do some mock drafts. We're going to be doing some mock drafts. We're going to probably get the boys together, have a couple beers on like a Sunday afternoon. You're going to hear all the bants, um, but that's what I'm most excited for when it comes to NBA. For sure, and then leading into uh, before the start of the season, I believe that we're going to invite certain viewers of the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast to be part of some mock drafts with us and experience what it's like to to draft with us and sort of get an inside knowledge and expertise as to how to draft a good side as well. So uh, for those of you listening at home, whether it be on YouTube, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever it is, like, subscribe, get a hold of us, uh, be in contact with us because, you know, the opportunity will be there and it will present itself should you be Yeah, if you want to take us... If you want to take us on, we're going to be running some ESPN comps. Uh, we're going to do a few different cash, I suppose, ideas. There's going to be 100 There's going to be 50 There's going to be $25 ones. There might even be a couple freebies just to get you get you into the community, uh, which we'll be running through our Discord. I'm going to put it in the, um, in the comment section there so you can duck in, have a chat to us in our Discord. Uh, we answer all your questions on the Discord. And, yeah, get into our comps with us. Um, that's all from me, Mick. Yep. Love your work, mate. Cheerio. See ya. Bye.